former U.S. Army and uh, worked in the Manhattan Project during the wartime. He's graduated from Virginia Tech. Isn't that correct? That's right. So Buford Carter is here, and we're happy to have you. Welcome, Buford. Thank you. He's a Hokie. He is. Virginia Tech Hokies, right? And that's engineering school, right? That's right. Yeah. Well, t- tell us, give us a little bit of insight. You you were talking off air a little bit, um, and I've heard so much um, about it all positive from from your son-in-law here. Um, and, and just tell us a little bit about yourself and what, what, what you were doing back then. Well, I went to VPI, and I graduated in December of 1943. I had a job offer from Union Carbide, and I went... In January of 1944, I went to New York City to work with Union Carbide on the Manhattan Project. We were doing uh, development work for the barrier for K-25. Of course, I didn't know this at the time, Mm -hmm. but uh, I I worked in New York for about five months, at which time I was drafted. Okay. I spent... uh, Hmm. Some time in a uh, very short time and uh, basic training, a couple of weeks, really two or three weeks. And I then received orders to go back to New York and continue with what I was doing before I was drafted. Mm-hmm. So I finished the, the barrier work in New York, was finished towards the end of 1944. So in the fall, we were transferred to uh, Oak Ridge. That, I stayed for a number of years. <laughs> Almost 50, right? Almost 50 years. So back um, in 44, when you went back to New York with Union Carbide, then you were then transferred, I guess, back down to Oak Ridge, or down to Oak Ridge, rather, right? where, where you were going to implement, I guess, what you guys had been working on um, in New York, or, or how, was, how did that all work? What were you doing? Well, well, the work in New York was different from okay. Oak Ridge. Okay. Was, uh, actually, it was development work mm-hmm. for the barrier. Mm. And uh, now, when you say barrier, excuse me, but what what does that mean? That's a membrane that separates the U two thirty five from U two thirty eight. Now, at the time, you you said you did not know kind of what that what exactly y'all were doing. I mean, you know, you knew generally, right? Um, but what was the kind of orders that you guys received as it related to the work that you were performing? Because I know it was very secret. Yes. Uh, I Actually, uh, when, I, when I went to New York, uh, one of the fellows said that uh, the, it was work on control radioactivity, mm. which it wasn't, but uh, right. <laughs> that was getting close. Mm-hmm. So when you received these orders to go to Oak Ridge or, or to be transferred to Oak Ridge, what did you know about Oak Ridge at the time? I mean, and, and if you look at even the, the current events at, at that time, you know, there was obviously we were in wartime, right? Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of, I, th- I think, not fear maybe from the military, but I think the, the general population of America was fear just because there was that, that kind of unknown, um, what was going to happen? How was this all going to turn out? I think we had confidence that we would win. But when you came to Oak Ridge, I mean, you had not heard of Oak Ridge, I guess, other than, you know, through your channels. But but what did it feel like to, to move down to Oak Ridge? You, ha- you had a family, uh, I guess you're starting a family, I suppose, or going to be starting a family. 
Well, family came quite a bit, right? Later. <laughs> but you, you know, you start with the wife, and that moves on. But, but talk about how how that all that transition happened. Well, I, I was I was in the army, and you know, I, you do what they tell you to. Mm-hmm. So it was, uh, of course, interesting to know what was going to happen, mm-hmm. and I had no idea what the work was going to be like. So, so when it was a, so when that moment happened that that the bombs did go off in Nagasaki and Hiroshima. Mm-hmm. Talk about where you were and what, what you were thinking. Do you remember what was going on? <laughs> I had worked. <laughs> I, I think I had worked the midnight shift and I was asleep. Mm-hmm. And the noise woke me up. <laughs> the noise from the <laughs> clamoring of, of what had happened. Yeah. Not the actual bomb. <laughs> no, not the actual bomb, <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, it, it woke me up. I, I remember thinking, "Well, at last we know what is going on." Mm-hmm. So, so they even were keeping. I mean, obviously they wouldn't. We're not letting everybody know what was going on. But even the people that were working directly on the project did not have the understanding of what they were doing. I mean, they understood their segment of what they were doing, but the overall project they had no idea. Yes, it was kept separate. Right. Uh, we I, we all knew, you know, we were working on an atomic oh. bomb, mm. but I had no idea of what was going on out in Washington, mm. where they were producing plutonium, mm. and I had no idea much of what was going on at X ten or Y twelve, and certainly not in Los Alamos and the other no. places. Which, I mean, Buford, and what's amazing to me is that this was all happened so quickly, and it was, they tested the bomb, you know, and then all of a sudden, the next thing you know, it was, and, you know, they tested it in New Mexico, and the next thing you know, they, they dropped it. Was there a feeling, I guess it's kind of like, was there a feeling of accomplishment that you had contributed to ending the war, or was there a feeling of, were there other feelings? Because I'm sure it was mixed emotions. Well, surely it was. Yeah. I, I feel like I had a very small part in it. Mm-hmm. Well, it was 70,000 people that working. So. Mm-hmm. Right. I think everybody might say they had a small part in it, but it's all of those small, small parts put in together that creates the accomplishment, I think. So um, when you look back over your history, especially being that you're a, 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 not a native Oak Ridger, but you're, you've, you were there for a lot longer than most, and my grandparents came there in 44 as well, as a part of the Manhattan Project, so I have some history there as well. But talk a little bit about Oak Ridge and, and your experience in Oak Ridge, and you know it's it's a great community. Uh, but tell me a little bit about your feelings about it. Well, it, I remember the first thing that I, that I noticed was a lack of trees. Of course, they were, <laughs> <laughs> they had devastated. They, they had cleared the place out. <laughs> right, and. Also, it seemed that it rained about 25 days out of the 30, the first <laughs> month I was there. Yeah. And I was wondering if that was going to go on the whole time. Right. Like, of, I'd rather be in New York City. <laughs> yeah. Or wherever, right. It was a little more interesting in New York. Well, mm-hmm. it was a pretty interesting in Oak Ridge, really. Mm-hmm. So much going on. It was uh, things going on night and day, really. Mm-hmm. Oh, I bet. Uh, a number of the bowling alleys. Were, I mean, I believe it was five bowling alleys in Oak Ridge. Wow. And 
<laughs> now they're down to one. I yeah. think. Bowl night and day. Were you ever allowed off base, or did you have to stay in Oak Ridge that entire period? Well, I could I could leave Oak Ridge some, but uh, generally it just was there. <laughs> and and uh, did you see a lot of the I guess the delegates that were coming to 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 identify the needs? Like you know, you think of Oppenheimer. I think of General Groves. Did you ever see those characters? Uh, no, that's a little out of my range. <laughs> right. Well, but they were they were there, and Oak Ridge is a small city. Maybe you passed them on Oak Ridge Turnpike or something. Mm-hmm. So what's one of the things or a couple of the things that you think that my generation, I think, needs to be aware of about where you guys came from and what role your generation played? I mean, what are some things that – like my grand, my kids and my grandkids, what are some things that they should know about that era that maybe they don't? Well, it was a time when everybody was working in the same uh, direction. Mm. We, we had, a, we had yeah. a job to do, and that's what we were working to do. Mm. Uh, whether it was uh, six days a week or seven days a week, they had to work, mm-hmm. and we, we tried to try to put, do our best. Well, I think that that's a good takeaway, Mark, not only for what we're talking about, but I was just on vacation recently and we did this, this kayak thing out in the middle of the ocean. And, and my wife, you know, is up in the front and she's rowing one way and I'm trying to row the other way and we can't seem to row in the right direction. But what I hear you saying was that that's kind of what the, that generation, everybody was rowing in the same direction. And, and you guys were, were all on the same page. And you did it because, in the, from what I've heard over the last um, few people here, is that we all had a common, we had a common number one goal, but we also had the same dreams, which was freedom and, and, and overall happiness for our country. So that's one of my big takeaways for sure. And that's one thing I want them to know, because I don't think that we're all, you know, rowing in the same direction right now. Yes, I believe that's true. Yeah. So, so Mark, as you've got to know Buford over the years, Oak Ridge, we're going to continue our series in the Oak Ridge series for sure. But what are some things that you have learned about Oak Ridge and his, not just his part, because like he, he mentioned, he was one part of, of a bigger, bigger part, but it's helped you to understand because you work in Oak Ridge. Yeah, there's, there's all these folks and just everybody that we've talked to here, there is a dogged determination and there is a relentless pursuit of what they're their job is Mm. and they don't get sidetracked they're very focused so that's the one thing that amazes me because even the younger generation today they don't seem to be as focused Mm -hmm. and this this generation the greatest generation seem to be very job oriented and very specific to them Mm -hmm. and they take really zero credit every time you try to tell one of these congratulations thank you for being a hero for your service they they push back on that because they had a job to do everybody had a job to do and they were all focused on doing that and Buford's the same way every Mm -hmm. time I try to talk to him about that he said I didn't do anything yes you did (laughs) right yes you did you your whole life was dedicated to that service Mm -hmm. and future he, his 50 years of service to the federal government in doing that. Yeah. And I, and I think too, Buford, that I look at some, I won't point out specific people, but I see people in my generation. And then I think about my grandmother 
who, you know, is thriving today. And your grandfather, who was the security guy yeah. at Martin Marietta. He, right, I mean, at, in the Atomic Manhattan, Energy yeah. Commission. And I, and I look at, and I never met my grandfather. Of course, I was only, uh, I guess I was like two years old when he passed away. So I met him, but I don't know him. Um, but I, I know my grandmother, you know, and I look at her her determination and her perseverance. And, you know, she had to, she had, if it hadn't have been for her prayers, <laughs> then I probably wouldn't have been able to persevere because I just, I think <clears throat> some of us in this generation, we're just missing that part of our DNA. I don't know, but she, she uh, Lois, my grandmother and you and the other folks I've talked to today, there was something instilled in them. And I can't really put a finger on where it came from other than their parents and generations that were passed on to them. Was there ever a time during the war, and I look across the table and I see everybody that was interviewed, was there ever a time that you ever thought, contemplated the fact that we could lose? Was that ever crossed your mind at any point? See, that's the thing. There was never any doubt. Everybody I talked to, there was never ever a doubt. We're going to succeed in this. And I think think that's huge. That is huge. Because you're in it to win it, number one. But, you know. You expect. You expect to win. You know, when you go to a Tennessee game, you you don't always expect. I don't to win. have that expectation. <laughs> but when it comes to something as big as this, you expect to win, and and the resources, and not just that, but in the space program, you know, we we expected to win. And it's jail. that generation, Absolutely. you know, because I think that's where they came from. I mean, in the '60s, there was just a continuation of that dedication. Yeah. That's what makes these guys the greatest generation. Absolutely. Well, Buford, thank you very much for sharing your story with us and talking to us. We definitely appreciate it. And again, thank Mark for getting you guys together. And and, and this has been an excellent series. Um, This is part one, and we're going to continue this uh, as well. So we want to thank our guests today. Thank you to Mortgage Investors Group for being a part of this show and sponsoring us. And thank you to The Greatest Generation for all that they did. We'll see you next time right here on The Housing Hour. That's the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray for today. Join Kevin and his guests each week at this time to keep up with the why and the why not. You need to know, so come here to find out. This program is presented by Mortgage Investors Group.